Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast, where host and lacrosse expert Jamie Monroe will do what he does best, talk about lacrosse. Each episode will provide listeners with education, insights, stories, and lessons about the lacrosse world. We will discuss current events, coaching, philosophies, and college lacrosse recruiting. Now let's get started with your host, Jamie Monroe. How's it going, everybody? Really excited to welcome Ty Sanders back to the Philacrosophy podcast. Ty is the director of recruiting and high school content at Inside Lacrosse. And uh, always love having Ty on the show. Thanks for coming on, Ty. Of course, Jamie. Thanks for, for having me. Obviously, a, a wild time and a lot to go over. But, you know, just good to be talking lacrosse with, uh, you know, somebody else who misses like I do, you know. This has been a really wild time. What are your thoughts on this extra year of eligibility that the NCAA is talking about giving every single player in divisions one, two, and three? The entire world of college across can reclass. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy to just kind of digest that way and, and think about, you know, I think that um, as everyone is aware of, like there's so many unknowns in, in college across and there will be, um, you know, for the time being. And I think just to think that we could see 50 years, um, you know, given out is pretty nuts. I, I'm not of the belief that this will be something that more than, you know, much more than 25% of seniors will take advantage of. But I, I am the belief of that it really does not matter. Either way, it's going to create a mess. Uh, and it was one of those things I think the, the NCAA like kind of had, had to do, um, you know, it, it, it had to do it to kind of save face and, and make a move and it did it pretty quickly, but uh, I, I'm skeptical, but, you know, at the same time, you know, we're, we're not going to get the same product that we had in, in 2020 and that's a shame. And, you know, that's just the reality of, you know, what we have going in college across, you know, these Ivy leagues, the tuition, just too many, you know, road bumps to go over, but this was the right thing. And I know that it creates a mess, but this was the right move uh, from, from their end. I'm John Canaris, founder of Oxia Time, a watch company specializing in university branded watches. Before I fell in love with watches, I fell in love with lacrosse. Maybe you've heard of the air gate. Well, that was me and goal that day. We may not have won the national championship, but we did win the Ivy league that year and two years before. The first time, we got a ring that we never wore. The second time, we got a watch that while it had great sentimental value, the quality didn't match the significance of our achievements or the memories we created. Ever since then, I've looked for a watch with the design and quality that would live up to my experiences at Penn. After 30 years of looking and not finding what I wanted, I decided to build it myself. At Axia Time, we create Swiss-made automatic watches with stylish designs and quality befitting the universities we represent. Premium watches without the premium price. Check us out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A time.com. I'm on the one hand really happy that my son and daughter get a year back. And on the other hand, I have a 2021 who's going to roll into college with basically two sophomore classes right above her when she gets there. And I think that for those that are 2022s, you know, and beyond, there's going to be a ripple effect. But before we get into that, 
Um, let's, you made a comment. You think that there's only going to be about 25%. Um, let's just dive into the, those numbers a little bit. Um, and, and give me some specifics on what you mean with that 25%, because that 25%, um, doesn't necessarily mean 25% school by school because you're going to have some kids transfer because they're not allowed to do their fifth year at, you know, um, Ivy league, Patriot league, or, um, in some other institutions. Um, so what are your thoughts on and how this actually manifests itself? You know, even though I know it's all speculation. Yeah, no, I think in a, in a sense, you know, like the, the 25% is just a, a ballpark. You know, I think uh, I was never a, a, a math expert by any means. You know, my grades would show that. But I, I think, you know, two or three guys per team is, is kind of what I'm expecting. And, and it'll vary. Um, you know, I, I would be shocked if, if five guys per program, you know, came back next year. But, um, you know, I think that it'll really start with the, the top player in each team. And, you know, you start with them and, and figure things out financially. And that's probably not yet uh, because you, you just don't know, uh, like, like all this. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a pretty small number. And, and um, you know, the bottom line is, like, sure, we, we'd all love to have the same exact college across product, product that we had last year at the Ivy League. You know, I mean, not last year, last month, um, you know, because it, it was incredible. It, it really yeah. was. And, we can't get that magic back. And I think that people kind of maybe felt that we would be able to at some point uh, recreate what we had. And it's just a, a bummer of a reality, but uh, I, I hope that we can really get some of these, these top players back, you know, for a year, but I wouldn't blame them, blame them if they don't. It's just, there's too many variables. These schools are too expensive, but I, I don't think that it's going to be something that's going to be done uh, in, in droves. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you. Um, and it doesn't really have to be to make an impact, you know, because at the end of the day, like to get two or three, it's kind of like getting two or three transfers, you know what I mean? In, in a way, I mean, you're, you know, anybody wants to add to their roster if they can to get better. And so, um, not everyone's going to add fifth year transfers, but anyone's going to consider it if they are available. And so regardless of whether you have, you know, a couple, two, three seniors that you would love to have back or whether it's, you know, guys from the Ivy league or whether it's from, you know, division three or somewhere else, you know, there's, there's just going to be this mad scramble in the portal. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I've already, you know, started to see it a little bit. Uh, you know, some names in there I recognize pretty well, and, and we'll go into that this weekend in South Lacrosse. But, uh, you know, it, there's definitely plenty of schools. I mean, lacrosse stands out. And obviously it's something that we look at the hardest because we're entrenched in it, and, and we say, oh, you know, we're different from the others. I do think we are to a degree. But, um, you know, the, the, these tuitions are just simply too high, and it is – you know, to a certain extent, it's hard to justify, you know, paying 50, 60 K uh, a year for what boils down to one lacrosse season and one semester. And, you know, it's just, it's just tough to pull off. And then you throw in the fact that, you know, from a transfer perspective, some of these schools just don't have grad schools. I mean, there's right. some that, I mean, you know, a school that I think has been the, the most popular in the transfer portal so far I believe they have 12 people in the grad school. So 
that's a huge variable. It's Colgate, yeah. So, you know, I think they have 2,000 or so students, and, and 12 of them are, are, are grad students. And uh, I, there's no doubt that we'll see a lot of, you know, Patriot League guys and, you know, mid-majors, you know, go into the portal. But it's uh, it, it's just – it's tough. And, and so much is up in the air, and, and we'll know at some point. But it's it's a bummer. I mean, so many things are obviously disappointing and, and – uh, you know, I know we're focused on lacrosse right now because that's our world, but you think about it, there's much bigger worries to, you know, concern ourselves with. But for a lot of these kids, like, I mean, the, the biggest disappointment for myself and I'm sure for a lot of us has just been, I, I just, I sympathize so much with the seniors and you won't have that back. No. I mean, there's something more special than your senior year of high school your senior year of, you know, of, of college across, you, you can't replicate that. And you will never, you can have that year back, but you will not have your group that you came in with back. And it's not going to be the same and it's not in anybody's control and it sucks, but that is, you know, that's yeah. situation we've, we've been dealt. Do you think there will be a competitive disadvantage for schools that cannot bring in fifth year transfers either because their schools don't allow it or they have a harder time getting people into grad schools. They don't have grad schools. Yeah, I think that's definitely a concern. I mean, if you, if we all sit back and and think about the year that, that we that just transpired in the past month, um, the Ivy league, the Ivy league was, was front and center and, there's definitely concern that the Ivy League takes a back seat um, a bit more than usual these these next few years because of the fact they can't take that fifth year and because they have those special circumstances. Um, at least for this year, there's a possibility that they have this advantage. And I, I wouldn't encourage this, but I think that – and a coach said this to me a few days ago. He said, look, you know, the kid who was choosing Yale over Notre Dame, you know, he, he won a Yale over ND or a Duke or whoever or, you know, a different Ivy League, maybe he thinks a bit differently now because of, you know, what transpired. And, and you know, we thought about that a little bit. And, um, yeah, I mean, these, these other schools have an advantage. There's no doubt. And the schools with the, uh, a lower tuition, uh, a Maryland, for example, I think may have, any, you know, have yeah. an advantage. But, for yeah, sure. there's, there's no doubt that the schools with the highest tuitions, uh, the Patriot League, Ivy League, uh, a few other schools may have an advantage for the time being. And uh, sure, you know, it's all hypothetical, but I, I do, I'm a little afraid of uh, some of these big boys having this advantage for, for a while, you know, over Four years. Uh, some other schools. Yeah. yeah. It's too bad. So Grant Amet has made the decision not to come back and do his sixth year, which I completely respect, but I'm sad because I just feel like I just, I really wanted to see that guy at championship weekend again. Um, I guess we'll get a chance to watch him play in the PLL. But um, what are your thoughts on, on Grant? Um, if you have any intel on that and any of these other guys that are the top players out there. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't have much, you know, intel on Grant. I think just thinking about things from his perspective, uh, I, I, I didn't really have a good guess of what he'd do. And it's one of those things where, you know, when you're injured and you've been working so hard, you know, to get back and healthy and help your team, 
uh, after some injuries, which he's experienced, obviously. And it's, I guess, can be hard to justify his sixth year for lacrosse. You know, it's time. And, uh, you know, there's, of course, he wants to come back and compete for a national championship. You know, that kid is, he's he's driven. He's he's a warrior. He is driven. He is special. And he really is one of my favorite kids to ever come through D1 in terms of uh, the combination of, you know, character and, you know, skill level. He's a special human being. And, uh, you know, the the way that he went about all this was was pretty incredible. I mean, he is a class act all the way. And uh, all of us will miss watching him play. But this seems like the right, right decision. I think that for for those of us that enjoy watching him like you and I did, you know, we'll, we'll tune into PLL and, and watch him at that level. But for, for someone like him, it, it makes sense. Three others, uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to this 25%, and I'm not trying to hold you to a number. It's just a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't see very many people coming back. I don't see this having a huge impact. And I, I think those, the first statement is maybe true. I don't know how many kids will actually come back, but, uh, but I actually do think it's going to have a huge impact because I think that the best kids are going to come back. Not always. Obviously, Grant Amen didn't, but but he was also already in his fifth year. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I, I think there's a really good chance if he was just a regular senior in fourth year, he would probably come back. He had already done that. Um, and I think I think the best players are going to come back. And I also think that when somebody has a hole to fill, they're going to fill that hole, whether it's goaltending, face-offs, a defenseman, a defensive shorty, they're going to look around. And even though this isn't going to necessarily be as big uh, of, of a numbers situation, it's going, to be, it's going to be players that play. And it's going to make the, the level of play higher. It's got to. You know, I mean, if you just look at Virginia, and I don't know who's coming back and who's not, but all of a sudden you've got – Michael Krause, Doc Aiken, Jared Connors. Who am I forgetting? I mean, those are three. You don't need a whole lot more to come back, but then to all of a sudden have, you know, Tawarton candidates at three positions to be able to, like, round out your depth. Um, and then if they need somebody, there's going to be opportunities to bring in somebody if they have a need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know, kind of situation that is, pretty fast to, to analyze because the numbers game is just sketchy. I mean, yeah, we're not going to have the whole senior class, you know, come back, but uh, I don't know what those players are on, but you have to think based on talent and the kind of, you know, recruits they were, it was pretty high, you know, scholarship numbers. So the, the numbers game there, balancing that uh, yeah. between their recruiting class that they brought in, you know, after having some, a lot of success, it's, it's tough to balance. And, you know, I, whether it's Virginia or Hopkins or Maryland or somewhere, I really do think it's going to – I mean, everywhere in general it's going to change recruiting. There's no doubt. That's just the bottom line. It's going to, you know, make recruiting a little bit different than it was. But I really think that it's these schools um, were in situations of kids wanting to register. Uh, I lost – Tom Schellenberger, who looks like a genius, you know, um, that is going to keep happening. We're going to see five stars keep, they're going to redshirt and we're going to see, you know, PGs. I really do think that 
you know, one of these top five recruiting classes, they're going to see a kid just be like, yo, I want to go PG at so-and-so. And I, I think that that's a trend that will pop up uh, even more. I, I really think that it's, it's just going to be tough from a numbers perspective. I mean, yeah, everyone has to compete, whether you're an Under Armour All-American or uh, the last kid in recruiting class, you have to compete and work your tail off to, to get minutes because you know what you're stepping into. But it's, it's almost unfair. It really is. And I really, that's what I feel the most for is for high school seniors because they're not only potentially missing their entire year or their, their high school senior year, which is you can't get back, which is special. And then going into a roster that is just freaking loaded and they can't control, uh, it's unfortunate. But, you know, that's the reality of it. They don't have, they don't, they can't really do much then decommit PG or, or redshirt and hope that it all works out. But it's just, it's wild times. I think it's even more interesting because, you know, the, what I always say, I always feel that the, the even years are a lot more talented. This 16 class is the best I've seen. I mean, bar none, it's the best I've seen. The 20 class is probably top three, you know, most talented. So there will, there will absolutely be a low game of talent you know, in, in college across the Division One level. And, you know, that's exciting for these fans, but for a lot of people, uh, they can be hesitant or worried and, and unsure of what's going to happen because it really is going to make things weird. So let's just look at the University of Virginia. You add to next year's roster of incoming players and what they have, and you add back in Doc Aiken, Michael Krause, and Jared Connors. It doesn't have to be a lot of players to make a massive impact. And let's not, let's not forget that anybody that adds three key players, plus they can fill any holes with all these fifth-year transfers. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely going to you know, cause coaches to have to be more strategic. And it's really, yeah, there, there is this notion of these, these fifth-year transfers. And I think it goes out saying that, all of this stuff is, is largely hypothetical. We, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if, uh, you know, I mean, who knows? The NCAA could come back and be like, hey, here's three and a half scholarships for everyone. That's probably not going to happen. But uh, there, there are all these variables, and that makes it fun. But, yeah, for a school like Virginia, uh, based on those three players potentially coming back, that's definitely going to – uh, move things back from a recruiting standpoint, you know, for these guys who have signed and don't really have much control over it, it changes everything. And that's definitely a bit of a bummer. I mean, you have to work, you know, hard for your spot in college across either way, but to, to be, to, to think that, you know, Docs and, and Krauss and, and Connors are heading out and I'm a top midi, top attackman, top bowl, the top pole. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, what? Like, <laughs> I've got a, like, what happens now? Right. You almost wish that an extra year could be applied to, to people like that, to the 2020 high school class. That's not going to happen. No. Uh, but it's really going to create a lot of uh, a lot of issues that people have to work through. And the bottom line is that for us, for the fans, as you said, it, it will create a, a better product and this log jam of talent. And, you know, what people could argue is the most talented – college across year ever to some degree uh it, it might even be that way but 
it really is going to create a, a lot of roadblocks for, for all these coaches and, and make decisions difficult for the coaching staff, the players, the families. It, it's going to be a mess. And I think that is what I feel good about saying uh, even though we don't know what's going to happen, it really is going to be a mess. Out it of is going to be a mess because like I said, I put, I wrote an article in my blog about this and posted it. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think it's going to be a, a pretty impactful deal for four years. If two or yeah. three of the best players on your team come back every year and then some, and by the way, there's some people like the money is a big deal. And for others, it's not. And actually I can't tell you how many great players signed for $2,000. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the other thing. It's like some of us may have an understanding of, of what these players are being paid, uh, you know, or what their scholarship numbers are, but to the outside, I think that they may not understand the financial roadblocks that exist. And, and like I said, like, a. a you know, is it really worth it from a family's perspective to have these players, um, you know, play a half season and, and mom and dad pick up a tab for, I don't know, 50K? Like, is it worth it? And I, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those wait and see things that we, just, we don't know what's going to happen. And it's a shame. It's the reality of it. And we could all sit here and salt and be like, oh, I wish we were football or basketball. We got full rides. Right. Well, yeah, we still all have the issues of the numbers. It'd be awesome. It'd be yeah. awesome. But it's the simple numbers game that's going to make things difficult. And we can't expect, you know, 2021 to be anywhere close to what February and, Mar and early March were uh, in Division One. It's just not going to be the case. And that's too bad, but that's the reality. I don't have stats on this statement I'm about to make. But this is no different than somebody tearing an ACL and saying, I want to get my year back. It's exactly the same. It's but just few and far between. It's just not in math like this. It's not well, uncommon for, for athletes that get a season ending injury early in a season to take that year and take a fifth year. It's not uncommon. It happens all the time. And that's really what we're talking about here. It's just that we're talking about everybody in, in, in all of college lacrosse. And and the reason why this is special is because you're not allowed to just take that 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 hardship, that medical hardship unless you've played less than 30% of the season, right? Um, so if this, if this coronavirus had hit, you know, two or three weeks earlier, everybody would have just had their eligibility anyways. And so right, right now they're just giving a waiver because everybody was about 30 to 35% along the way. But my, my point is, I think there's going to be more, I think there can be plenty of people that are going to come back for their fifth year the same way they would if they would have had a season ending injury this the same way Grant Amen did to play this year, his fifth year. I mean, people do that all the time. And so yeah. I think this is going to be really impactful. Um, it's going to make every team better. It's going to make every 2020 consider a PG year. And Lars, I did, a, I think I mentioned, I did a, a podcast with Lars Tiffany last week. And he said, yeah, there's, there's definitely people thinking about PG years. I mean, it's going to be obvious because why would you start your clock as a red shirt when you could just take the PG year and still have five years to play for? Um, obviously, money's going to factor in, but but there's there is scholarship out there for the PG years, and there's going to be opportunity. And so then, next thing you know, they have a little money to pay for their top players coming in. Those 2020s take a PG year and become 21s, 
And then here's the trickle down. Now, all these 21s that are committed, um, uh, they may consider being a 22 because they don't really want to have two classes above them. And they might be asked to become a 22. Um, what's your take on how this trickle down effect could play out? I mean, I think that's what's made me, so, you know, I, I think that's what's made my emotions switch so much from the initial shock of, you know, when, and sadness of not having college across season. I feel like with Thursday, I was depressed. I was like, what am I going to do? And then Friday when they give the, they say, oh, it's recommended to give the year back. I mean, I just have anxiety and headaches, you know, talking to these coaches and, and they're just like, what the hell is this going to create? You know, like this is going to be, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to cuss here, but I mean, it's going to be madness. Um, and, you know, there's, there's definite potential for that. I mean, my, my train of thought is that people should not, yes, you have to, you have to compete for your job, but I, I'm on the side of any of these people that are re, rethinking, you know, their choice uh, for the time being and, and just having the uncertainty. I, I'm not going to criticize any kid that is second guessing the depth chart situation. Um, because this is something that, that matters. And as we, you know, UVA is a great example. Like, I, I'm not, I'm, you look at the, maybe, you know, one of the best attackmen in college across, one of the best middies and the best LSM. If I'm any prospect, am I really going to want to, you know, step into that? Um, even though, even if I say I can compete, you know, with those players, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't look as attractive. and. And that's okay. I'm just really intrigued to kind of see what happens with these PGs, what happens with, you know, the red shirts, uh, these depth charts in general. I mean, if you're a freshman, a true freshman, we can start calling it that like it is in college football, a true freshman. It's going to be that much more impressive to see a top recruit go in and dominate like they so often have. I mean, I can't wait to see that because I do think that there are so many players in this 20 class that have that potential. Uh, so I, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with, with those guys. So let's just play it out. Um, not all the 2020s are going to take a PG year. That's not going to happen, but, but don't be surprised when a few do. And part of the reason why they do is because they want a better chance to play and they want, and it also frees up money for those seniors coming back. Right. So they're like, what, why wouldn't I do that? And then, and then what's going to happen with the 21s, there's there's a fair number of 21s that are already committed, but but there's also most schools have spots. Do you really think they're going to be committing more 21s and filling up a class the way they normally would, knowing that they have to begin to plan for fifth year transfers coming in for the next four years? Yeah, I mean that's where I'm nervous, and I don't want to say too much, even though I'm I'm thinking it. But I I'm I'm nervous for those twenty ones too because I don't think that it's that good of a class. And I think that you know the the sentiment that was shared so often between myself and college coaches and vice versa was that you know look we don't know who's going to stand out a, a year from now. You know, meaning this coming summer, we don't know who will blossom, uh, who will you know find confidence in the spring and and really have a, a huge junior year. And then translate that into, you know, a strong summer, whether in uncommitted or committed elsewhere and, and finding a home. It's just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm nervous for those players because I do think that to a certain extent, 
that, you know, coaches will look at a 21 class a little bit differently. We do not know, but, but also uh, a lot of guys are probably, and I know a handful that are, you know, watching the film, they're watching these 2022s. And that's a class that's supposed to be outstanding, especially offensively. If you feel good about that class and, and who you're, you know, going after in that group, maybe have some connect connections, you know, through family or a club coach, I'm going to put my eggs in those basket in, in, in that basket instead of looking at the 21 class and saying, oh, this kid's a late bloomer. I like him. You just don't know. It's too much of an unknown. I, I don't know. It's, it's probably tough for these 21. Um, and that's the bottom line is that it's, it's going to affect every single kid that is in high school. It's not the 20s. It's the 21s, 22s, 23s. This will have ripple effects, you know, that will probably will all experience for seven, eight years. And I think that's what's so, uh, you know, unnerving is this is not a simple fix. And to so many people, they thought it may have been when that's not the reality of it. This is going to have an impact on college across uh, for now, you know, and, until something's announced it's a curveball, a wild card. This is going to have an impact for, for several years. I mean, close to a decade, um, you know, closer to a decade than it is four years. So I think that's what made so many people in the know uh, that, that li- you know, live in college across so nervous is that this is going to have an impact for a long time. And yeah, I, think so. I don't know about years, but that's, but it's going to be a few years. You know, yeah. you talk about this class of 2016 being like you know, one of the greatest classes ever, but don't forget if you rattle off the top players in that class, they were mostly 2015s. Yeah, I mean, Michael I love Krause, I love, Jeff T, yeah. Grant Amet, to name a few. I'm sure, I, and mostly might be a might be an exaggeration, but I think now yes, but but when the 16 class came into you know when we ranked them, they were still you know I mean yeah, Kraus an exception. I mean, Teat was still a 16, even though he's a, a bit older, like they do. No, he's a 15. T, T but, but the way that it was, the way that Hill handles it, like it was, yeah, he's a 15, but, but it wasn't a traditional PG, I guess is what I'm saying, you know? So to the public eye, it was still like, he was still a, a 16, um, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, all these guys were, were older anyway. I mean, a man, 15 class, as you said. So it, it's gonna, I mean, it's just so fascinating because people were already saying, myself included, that these new early recruiting rules that came in in 2017 would kind of make it so that a, a, a reclass, a repeat, whatever it is, a PG year, uh, isn't is prominent of of an option. Um, you know, isn't as common. And now that's going to change. Uh, you'll see it more often for these schools that, or for these families that have the means to do it. In my opinion. It may have had less impact because it has less impact when you're 16 or 17 than when you're 14, but I don't think it's happening any less. And yeah. my, my, I've said this too, you know, you talk about the 21 class and you don't know how good the class is. Um, and you know, it's fair. It's fair to say that you've seen a lot and it's fair that these coaches have seen a lot, but I also know, and we've said this before, this is the most under-evaluated class there's ever been. So I, I don't even think people do know. I think they knew what was pretty obvious that they took early. But I think there's going to be a lot of players that are not committed that are either going to get picked up 
um, by schools that are looking for 21s or they're going to reclass to 22. And what's going to end up happening when they do in many cases is that they're going to be very competitive and people are going to be like, holy cow, this kid's really good. Wait, is he 21 or a 22? Um, and, and so it's going to all of a sudden get way more competitive in the class of 22 because there's going to be a lot of 21s that reclass down because I do think college coaches are going to have to plan a little bit and take smaller classes knowing they're going to be getting – they got to keep the, the door open, especially if they're a school that can do it, um, take the door, keep the door open for fifth-year transfers. I mean, I already think that there were a lot of schools uh, that I won't name that I think went a little bit uh, too quick, you know, too hard in the 21 class. It's like, yeah. just wait, man. Like, I I like that kid. I don't love him. I don't want him coming to an ACC or Big Ten unless I love him, uh, you know, if I'm a head coach. So, I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm just a evaluator, you know, for a magazine. I'm not a head coach for these scholarship dollars. But I look at these kids, I'm like, I don't know. I've watched the kid a whole lot. I I don't know about giving that kid whatever, you know, knowing the scholarship numbers are, are, you know, off. It's like, that's still a spot, man. Like, are you sure about that? And uh, I don't know this 22 class super well yet. And either do the coaches for the most part. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the summer. But I also know that some guys I've already talked talked to, they've already purchased and, and acquired some film of these 22s, and that's going to be from this past summer, this past fall. Uh, that's almost the same as recruiting early, like we, we all, you know, everyone used to. So are you, you know, that's why I haven't really gotten into that film yet, because it's like I want to watch it, but I'm seeing these kids a year behind than the 21s like I was last year. So it's like, is this a disservice or are they late bloomers? It's just, I mean, there's, there's more variables that we can even talk about, but, but, but regardless, it's going to create just madness across the board. That's all I can say. You know, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be madness no matter what. We have to, you know, become poised for that, you know, become ready for that. So I, I think this class of 21 is going to get missed a little bit because number one, they were the first really true class, pure class that wasn't recruited early. And now they're going to be skipping on to the 22s. Um, and there's going to be some gems in this class for sure. Um, but I do think it's going to be hard to get the looks that you would want from the schools that you might have been hoping for as a 21 this summer because – let's just say that coaches are going to put 75% of their resources on the 22s and 25% of their resources on the 21s kind of looking at the players that they're already recruiting and seeing what's out there or they're already committed and seeing what's out there. Um, You know, it almost forces you to become a 22. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, I don't want to create too much panic for the 21s, but I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, these, these two upper classes in high school are just going to feel the effects. And, you know, I think that's what sucks about all of this, you know, the, the whole thing across the board, you know, uh, looking outside of sports, we don't have control over this. And, you know, like everyone always says, like, worry about what you can control, but it's hard not to worry about what we can't control right now. Right, right. And, and, and I think that's what's such a bummer. It's like, I, 
we're not going to have that sense of normalcy back anytime soon, but uh, it's just a bummer for all these kids that have worked their tails off to, to get where they are. And if I'm a 21, if I'm a 22, if I'm a 20, if I'm anybody in high school, I'm working that much harder right now. You know, play wall ball, like shoot, you know, work out on your own. Do not work out with the, with the others. You know, like work that much harder because you don't know what you're walking into uh, from a recruiting standpoint, from a high school standpoint, from a college standpoint. You have no idea. So just, you know, work your you-know-what off, you know, to become ready for that. And I think that's like, that's just the main advice I would have. Yeah, for sure. You, you can't. You can't rest in your laurels, you know. You, you can't ever. But I, these high school guys have to work harder than they ever than a high school group ever has, because that's just what we may be walking into. I mean, that's there's no doubt. Like, just do it. Like, think that way. Have a different mindset because of the unknown. For sure. And there's a big difference between the kids that are committed and the kids that are not, right? And so it's going to be harder. It's going to be more competitive in every every way. It's going to be more competitive to get on the field. It's going to be more competitive to be recruited. Um, I mean, coaches will have to be mean. Like that's the last thing I'll say. Like coaches will have to be meaner than they ever were because you'll have to make decisions with the guys that are on your roster or committed to you or looking at you. Uh, they're all going to have to make tough decisions. They are, and you know, it's going to be. I think it's not going to be. Um, totally unknown forever in, in that, like, we know that Grant Amet isn't coming back. So there, there you have it. If you were a 2020 X guy headed to Penn State, all right, that's fine. But if Grant Amet's coming back and then it's all of a sudden, okay, well, then, then the dominoes start falling. You can see them fall. Um, yeah. And you can you, – because then when that – what's going to be tricky about a 2020 deciding, hey, I'm going to wait a year – Rather than PG, I mean, rather than redshirt. Now, why would you do that? Why would you PG rather than redshirt? Well, number one, because if you redshirt, you won't, it only leaves you four years to play for. So you might want your five years to play for. And number two, because you, you're, you'd sort of be giving that opportunity for that guy who just missed his season to come back and, and for the coach to have that money. But where it complicates it is then all of a sudden that money goes into the class of 21. Yeah. That, that, that's like, that's real because anybody who's going to do this, you know, who's not going to go to college is, you know, there's a really good chance that they're on some kind of money that that's going to then, you know, like I said, complicate the, 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 the equation for the 21 scholarships. Um, but the 21s are also not signed. Yeah, they're not yeah, signed. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. The twenties are signed. They can go and get their money no matter what. They can also defer if they want to. The twenty ones are not signed, and that's that's another piece of it that you know is a little unnerving. Well, yeah, I mean, we we felt like there would be less twenty ones, you know, flipping and switching, you know, because of the fact that they could take a little bit longer to make their decisions. But but now because of this wild card there probably will be flipping. And if I'm a college coach, eventually, I think when the dust settles, uh, I'm going to be like, yo, like, why are you going there? There'll be more negative recruiting. Why are you going there? You're not going to play. Uh, look at who you have coming, you know, coming back, coming in. Uh, this guy's right number 10. This kid's not the second team All-American. Are you sure you want to go there? You can play here. That's going to happen. And it's, 
for the millionth time. Like there's so many unknowns and it's, it's crazy to think about them all. And it, it is unnerving to think about some of them. Um, but like I've said, you know, plenty of times it's, even if, you know, these problems are solved and, and these unknowns are fixed, I, I don't care. It's still going to be a wild scene. It's still going to be a lot of things, you know, going down that, we didn't expect and situations that we didn't expect to come up. That's going to happen. I don't care if it's one kid coming back or 12. If you're college, you have situation in your hands that you can figure out and it will create a mess. It will create, you know, more talent in 2021 than we've ever seen. And we can say that, you know, blindly right now, not knowing who's going to come back. That's what's going to happen. And that's exciting from our perspective, but from the coaches and players, I, I don't know. It's, it definitely is unnerving. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be exciting for the coaches because they're going to get the very best players back and have freshmen coming in that they want to, and they're going to have the best teams that they've ever had. Uh, it's the Duke effect. Um, I just feel differently. I just feel differently if this is an even, uh, an odd year, um, you know, an odd, an, an odd number, uh, the 19 class, the 17, the 15. It just feels that much differently because of how talented these classes are. So, yeah, it's exciting. But, but man, you know, like what is going to happen? It's just, uh, you know, I, I wish we could fast forward and have next season already because I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens. Well, as the dude from the Big Lebowski would say, there are lots of ins and outs, lots of what have yous, <laughs> a very complicated situation. If you will, you know, I mean, <laughs> you're a big if you will guy now, you know, you and Ron Boyle, <laughs> a lot of if you will. <laughs> um, talking about another hypothetical, switching gears, what the hell is going to happen this summer? God, oh man, no, it's, uh, who knows? I mean, I don't want to not answer a question. But no, I mean, you can't answer that. it. But let me ask you this. What are some of the contingencies that you're hearing people talking about? Any? Yeah, a few. You know, um, you know, some I don't want to get into too, too much. But, you know, I, I think that uh, some of us that, that love the summer, you know, the way that I do, we're all just like, dude, are we going to have one? Like, is it going to be shortened? Is it going to be just July? Are we going to have, you know, August no longer be dead and have to play in August? What is going to happen? And that's what we don't know. Um, you know, me personally and, and some guys I've talked to, like we're also holding out hope that we're going to have a spring. Um, and, you know, not a normal spring, obviously. It's been far from that. But, I mean, God, I mean, I'd love to see these, these high schools even just be able to play, you know, five, ten games. I, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know what's going to happen. But, um, I hope that high school lacrosse can be salvaged and I hope that these college coaches can actually go out and see that high school lacrosse. I mean, that would be, I mean, so advantageous. And that's kind of one of those things that I kept thinking about, you know, as we saw these cancellations in division one, you know, Ivy league, Patriot league. I'm like, okay, well, these schools, you know, is that Thursday, these schools can go still recruit uh, high school lacrosse and, and see a better product. But that was act, you know, Thursday afternoon. So, you know, when it comes to, to summer lacrosse, I don't know what's going to happen. But, it, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's like I haven't even gotten that far. But I, I know you it, don't know. And I wasn't uh, – I was not expecting No, that. I know. I but, know. But, but that said, um, 
you know, it's, it's conceivable that big events are not going to be, you know, allowed by a, a state government. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's, and that's wild to consider. I think that, I mean, that's going to throw off everybody, the 21s and 22s, um, you know, for, for sure. I mean, what's that going to do for the, for the fall? You know, what's that going to do for the whole infrastructure of, of you know, some lacrosse or, or certain companies that have to fold? Um, I, I mean, we, we really don't know, but I think that's one of those areas that is, I mean, we're considering it, we're thinking about it, but I mean, that is really, if some lacrosse can't happen at all, man, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, that's what's going to happen in a situation that I described where these guys are going to have to watch film from, from the past. And that is just a disservice. Uh, God, I mean, that's like the most, the most nightmares, you know, scenario of them all is just, what if some lacrosse does not happen? Uh, because that'll then create naturally another class that is set back for a year uh, and, and unscouted. So, man, yeah, even messier. <laughs> um, you know, if if the worst case scenario occurred where the 22s didn't get to be seen until summer before senior year, then that would just be like how it was when I used to first got into recruiting. <laughs> you recruit yeah. kids that are summer before their senior year. So I, I think really it's, it's pretty much the 21s that are getting the shaft in this whole thing. I think yeah. the 22s will end up landing on their feet one way or the other, um, either next fall or the following summer. I wouldn't hate that. I, wouldn't, I would not, you know, like as, as amped up as I am to watch the 22 class, you know, knowing what, what kind of rep that it has. I don't think that would be the worst thing. Um, and, you know, for, for them to, to have to be, you know, not forced, but, um, you know, more inclined to wait until rising senior year, that would not be the worst thing for, to happen. But, you know, it, it would also create those consequences elsewhere, as you described. But um, it, it would be okay. We would all adjust, um, you know, however we had to. It, it would not be detrimental uh, you know, to the sport, if these kids had to make decisions as, as seniors, um, you know, as opposed to being juniors. I mean, yeah. it, it's already going to be interesting because we're not going to have a coaching carousel. You know, like the coaching carousel makes things interesting every year. Uh, I know there was a pretty big one uh, this past year, and, and we won't see that uh, right now, you know, and, and these 21s, or uh, yeah, 22s rather, will not be affected by coaching carousel this summer, but everybody else, you know, the, the following, you know, the following summer, they, they could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, hope and pray that we get through this in the high school seasons do in fact get played. Um, I know that in Colorado here, we're still holding out hope. I'm coaching uh, the Thunderidge girls. Um, and uh, we had a pretty good team and I'm really bummed, but it looks like there's a possibility they're, they're not canceling it yet. I know Virginia just canceled. Yeah. You see that? Yeah, that's, that's a bummer, you know. And, and okay. again, like, uh, we all feel differently, you know, from the way that we felt two weeks ago um, where it was like, oh, this is premature. I get it, you know. But, uh, you know, talking to a, a coach that I was talking to, you know, our buddy Brian Kelly, you know, at Cavern Hall, who's got preseason number one team in the country. And, 
uh, on the cover of, of, of Intel lacrosse. And, and uh, I would hate not to see those guys play lacrosse. This, this, I know, this man. Spring. I mean, it would, you know, and I was talking to them today. I'm like, you know, that's who I want to, you know, I want to cry for, you know, because you, you can't replicate that. You, you could have that option of having the year back in college. These high school guys don't, and they've worked their tails off for a long time and may not have that. So, you know, we're all holding out hope that it'll happen. It doesn't look great, but, you know, that's all we have right now. It's, it's hope. No doubt. My guess is there will be a summer. I don't know if it'll be exactly the same as what it would have been, but that's just I – just, I just think that through all this, and it is, it is terrible, we just need to lock ourselves in here and try to help this thing pass, but we are going to have to get back to work in school and living. Hopefully we can substantially flatten this curve um, and then, um, and then do just that. But again, maybe wishful thinking, but that's going to be my, uh, my take on this. Yeah, we, we have to, I mean, I, um, you know, I, I know how much you personally love the game and, and how much it's a part of you. And, um, you know, I, I'm, you know, the same to a certain extent, like this is, I live for lacrosse season and, you know, the first few days, it was hard. I mean, there were a lot of emotions and I miss it. You know, I, I had the luxury of, of having 60, 70 games to attend this spring and, and that's gone. Um, but, but now that we can take a step back and look at it all and, and know that this is I mean, as weird as this to say, I mean, someone who hates the phrase, it's just a game. It is when you look at these numbers, but um, that does not mean, you know, someone, re, you know, replied to me on Twitter and said, you know, look, it's bigger than sports, bigger than sport, you know, bigger things to worry about. If these, these college seniors, you know, this is the worst thing that happens to them, you know, they'll, they'll be okay. Sure. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's hard. It's so freaking hard um, to, to work so hard, you know, for something and have it be taken away beyond your own control. And, you know, lacrosse is life to so many of us. So to take that away is just, it's, it's difficult, even while there are things that are bigger than sports, but it's all just nuts, man. It's just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just like, I'm fired up just thinking about it. Cause it's just, it's crazy what's happened and, uh, you know, crazy to consider what, what can happen, but, we, we have to, you know, hold on to that hope and, and hope that we will see, you know, lacrosse be played this spring, be played this summer, and that things won't be as bad um, or as daunting as we may describe right now because we just don't know. Yeah. Uh, so it's so key to, to remain, you know, hopeful. I agree. And I, I think that um, the tenor of this podcast may be this holy cow, you know, how is this going to shake out? But for the people that are listening that have kids that are in the mix, whether you're in college, you know, heading to college, hoping to be recruited, committed, uncommitted, um, you know, keep, stay, uh, keep the faith. Like you said, you, you're going to have to work hard anyways. You, it's going to be more competitive, and that's, that's a good thing. That, that just means that there's going to be more good teams to play on. Um, and you know, when you're, when you're doing this, you know, try to seek really good advice because I think that what you do and how you do it and how you work and, you know, all makes a difference. You, you want to do it as well as you can, because there are lots of ins and outs, lots of what have you's, lots of, if you wills, 
And at the end of the day, you know, you might as well have the best sources of information and advice that you can so that you can, you know, help your kids chase their dream. And, I, and, and there's, there's really no reason to like be too bummed because it, it just is what it is. Um, and we're going to know what's in front of us, hopefully in the next, you know, the hardest part right now is not knowing if we're, when we're going to start playing, but once we like get back to it, I think it's going to be fine and things are going to work out. And if, 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 if 21s, if 20s go to 21 and 21s go to 22, well, maybe some 22s become 23s and it, it'll dilute itself out. And I, I think it's going to work itself out. Yeah, it will. It will. And I think that, you know, I mean, my, my word of advice is, is the same, but work even harder. Um, the second would be, uh, don't bother all these coaches with these unanswerable questions right now that we don't know, you know, like these guys are freaking out too. It's their businesses. We just don't know yet. And, you know, wait for things to, you know, to work themselves out and, uh, decisions to be made. Like we just don't know what's going to happen. Everyone's freaking out. I'm freaking out inside, but I know like, you know, like last <laughs> Friday or whatever it was, like I, I reached a point where it's just like, dude, stop looking at Twitter. I'm getting a million questions I can't answer. I'm freaking out. I'm like, we just don't know. I mean, certain college coaches I'm talking to are losing it. They're really just freaking out. And others, they're just to the mindset of, dude, we don't know yet. Yeah. Calm down. It's true. We, man. Don't, we, we don't know. It's, yes, it was recommended to get this fifth year, this extra year of eligibility. It's not set in stone. It's, it's not still done. not. And people yeah. think that maybe even even is even more so because of Amen. Sure. But but he was a sixth year. And, yeah. you know, we, we still do not know. We'll know on the 30th. And, and even then, we, we just – there's too much that's up in the air. A lot of balls in the air. And uh, we, we have to kind of maintain this positivity, even though it can be hard at times. You know, maintain that. And, and it really will all work itself out. And – We'll be watching lacrosse, you know, probably sooner than some of us even, you know, realize. And, and that's, you know, where the, the hope remains. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's going to get more competitive um, and you're just going to, but it was going to be really competitive anyways. And so it's, I, you know, it's not going to be that different down the line for the recruiting. Um, you know, it's going to have an impact, but at the end of the day, you still have to be good enough. I suggest you really find out what that means and, and how that best suits you as a player. Um, and with that, I want to thank you for coming on, Ty. It was uh, great talking with you. Always is. Thank you for your passion and tireless efforts in trying to uh, cover the sport in terms of its recruiting. And uh, hopefully we can get you back on the show again. Yeah. You know, thanks so much for having me, Jamie. I, I had a blast and, uh, you know, it's definitely a, a tough time, a weird time for all of us, but uh, you know, I love talking the game and we could have talked for, you know, 24 hours, I'm sure, straight if we wanted to. But, uh, you know, things like family and chores and errands to, to do around here. But, uh, you know, I, again, I can't wait until we're actually sitting here talking actual lacrosse. But either way, I had a blast, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Hey, have a, have a good one and stay healthy. Stay safe. Thanks so much, Jamie. Take care.